Hi, you're listening to Spotlight Asia, a podcast that shines a light on ideas that matter. Hello and welcome to this session to introduce the Asia Legal Tech Board. I'm your host, Anna Wojciechowska, Aisha President, and today it is my pleasure to introduce the three brilliant co-chairs of the Legal Tech Board, David Areas, Iga Kurowska and Thomas Sieber. Iga Kurowska is in charge of Legal Technology and Innovation Department at Action Legal, a leading venture capital and M&A law firm in Spain. She is a former French lawyer with an extensive international background. She is also a visiting lecturer of two French universities and an active member of legal technology initiatives in France, Poland and Spain. She publishes and speaks regularly on topics related with legal innovation, legal technology and digitalization of the legal sector. She is a founder of a Legal Tech Academy, an educational platform for lawyers who want to innovate in their practice. Thomas Sieber is an Austrian attorney based in Vienna, as well as the CEO and founder of the legal tech startup Real Estate, which made the first ever digital real estate transaction in Austria possible. His specialities lie in real estate law, banking and finance, as well as corporate and new technologies, for which he is responsible in his law firm. Thomas has published in these areas of law and acted as a speaker for many legal tech events and works closely with IT specialists and legal tech experts, also in connection to public services, for example, the Federal Computing Center in Austria. David Areas is a Portuguese lawyer and a managing partner of the law firm Areas Avocados, which is a corporate member of ELTA, European Legal Tech Association, and of the Portuguese Legal Tech Alliance. David is a tax and corporate lawyer, and he is responsible for leading the tech initiatives at his law firm. Thank you very much for joining us, David, Iga, and Thomas. Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot, Anna. Thank you very much, Anna. David, how did you end up working with startups and tech companies, helping them developing their ideas and growing their companies. Thank you, Anna. Startups and tech companies have a lot to learn from lawyers, but also a lot to teach them. My law firm has been supporting incubators and acceleration programs for years, and we always had a special interest in innovation and tech companies, as it represents a big professional challenge for us too. Portugal has become an important tech hub in Europe. This gave us the opportunity to work with entrepreneurs and investors from all over the world, and also to be able to advise in new solutions in different areas that are a big challenge from a legal perspective. Helping entrepreneurs with their business is also very rewarding from a personal perspective. Most of the projects iterate a lot and many of them fail. Being there for them is very important in the good times and in the bad times too. I assume you work with startups in many sectors, not just legal one. But do you think the knowledge of the tech company's business can be helpful for the legal profession and for the lawyers to perform their legal services to clients? Clients not just being technology driven? Absolutely. The life of entrepreneurs and tech startups is normally very demanding, and legal advice must be able to keep up with that. In our case, this has been a clear drive for a more client-centered practice meaning more transparency in organizing our work and our fees, more collaboration and more focus on the business side. In most cases, we are the only legal support available to the entrepreneur and the startup, so it is also our job to feel their project as our own and to be able to help prepare the future from the legal function perspective. This can have a big impact on the time it is saved when negotiating term sheets or preparing due diligence 
but it can also have a big impact in managing the risks of the business in its early stage when compliance is clearly not a priority or even a possibility from a cost perspective. Technology just follows that rapid pace with collaboration tools being fundamental for sharing and drafting documents and also for project management. Tech startups have pushed us into being better service providers. We have no doubt about that. Thank you, David, for sharing your experience with us. Iga, thank you again for being here today and taking part in the Aisha Legal Tech Board. You have an interesting background as a legal tech specialist because being a qualified lawyer, actually, you don't work applying the law anymore. Can you explain what you do now? Hello, everyone. Thank you, Anna, for inviting me today and thank you for putting this team together. Indeed, I stopped practicing law, which was not an easy decision to take. It happened progressively, but a real breakthrough came at the beginning of the pandemic, when my legal tech startup got acquired by Walter Skluver, and I confirmed myself in the belief that legal tech has great potential. My role as a head of innovation and legal tech can be divided into two parts. The internal one, that is introducing the optimization, mostly through automization, in the way tasks are being executed within a law firm. And the external one, innovating in a way we serve our, usually tech and innovative in our case clients. Do you think such a position as yours in your law firm is a future of legal profession and some sort of must-have for the law firm of the future? I think it is very much a reality and the time to act is not in the future, but now. What was initiated five, ten years ago by Magic Circle with their chief of innovation roles is now being adopted by other bigger law firms and progressively considered by medium and smaller ones. It does not necessarily take the same form, can and should happen bottom up and top down. However, Innovation that is not only translated to purchasing legal tech tool is an essential consideration for any law firm development strategy. This is super exciting for lawyers to learn from people like you, but do you think the job as yours can be done by non-lawyers? Do you think it can be a threat to lawyers that this potential opportunity will be taken by someone else? Someone who didn't have to graduate from law school, wasn't admitted to the bar and could skip those long hard years of learning and struggling with complicated exams. It may indeed, and it is great. Lawyers are trained to practice law and this is what we should focus on. Meanwhile, an average lawyer spends around 35% of their time on non-billable work, such as administrative tasks. The other 65% that is billed to the client can be largely reduced by process optimization and tech implementation. If we switch from billable hour to fixed fees, are productive and efficient as lawyers, and improve our working conditions, and additionally improve our competitiveness, why not to leave the business development, marketing, sales, and other components of the company management to experts with no legal background? As for the ALSP, alternative legal service providers, which are, for instance, platforms that enable a small business to recover and paid invoices, the studies show that they mostly fill in an importance for the access to justice void. They target tasks that are in huge demand due to their frequent need and also that would not have been solicited to be performed by a law legal professional due to their small profitability. 
Again, nothing to fear if you manage an innovative law practice. Thank you, Iga. This is super interesting. Last but not least, Thomas, I come to you now and want to thank you again for all your work together with Iga and David. You are successfully applying your knowledge in legal tech and real estate and transactional services. Can you explain briefly what technology improved in those services and how? Thank you very much, Anna. We see that a lot of firms have developed uh, positively in regards to digitization due to COVID-19 and all its implications. We are happy to have been able to implement a technical solution in Austria to make notary acts fully digital after this possibility had been introduced to minimize risk of infection with COVID. We and many others contacted the responsible ministries and explained to them why the relevant provisions should be part of the perpetual legal system here in Austria. The Digital Notary Act allows for completely digital signatures before a notary public. Therefore, with the help of the internet and the camera, we can notarize documents without actually having to be there physically. This is an enormous step ahead, because the Austrian legal system does require many acts to be notarized by a notary public for them to be valid, for example, for real estate transactions. Another very important aspect is the timing. Because of the market megatrends, time is key. For this reason, clients want to have the documentation ready very quickly. Otherwise, someone else may be the first. Despite the clients being nervous about this aspect, it can be a very real problem. For this problem, document automation systems help immensely. We have implemented an automatic file management system that was created individually for us by our legal tech service provider. We could observe this especially credit institutions are looking to provide clients with credit documentation quickly, because if the bank is not acting swiftly, the client cannot buy the real estate. For this reason, we see the banks implement different legal tech systems to optimize their processes. For example, signing of documents, real estate evaluation and signing of credit agreements. I think this is crucial to be able to support the clients in all these aspects. May it be a bank, may it be a corporation or even a private client. The hot topics are transaction and due diligence automatization. We see lots of potential here. Further, BIM and the interface between the so-called real world and the digital world are very important. The key word is digital twin. A further sector is legal tech in construction litigation. We see lots of potential here because there is big data involved and organization is key. Thomas, I have one more question to you. What can we expect from the Legal Tech Board in 2022? Well, when it comes to digitization, security is absolutely essential especially working cloud-based or even just working from home opens the door for so many security malfunctions. For this reason, we have created a cybersecurity checklist for Asia members to be used in their own firm. Tasks to be completed range from setting up a secure server system without your IT professional to uh, educate employees around uh, keeping hardware and documents safely stored, for example, during home office. 
We will also have a webinar around this cybersecurity checklist together with an IT professional, in which we will discuss how to use the checklist in your actual firm and how to implement the tasks set out in the checklist. In case any questions arise around the checklist, we are also happy to answer this in the webinar. The Legal Tech Board created the checklist cybersecurity for usage in law firms in order to uh, them to optimize their handling of cyber and data security. Basically, the checklist should be handed to the firm's partner responsible for cybersecurity issues. We have uh, divided the different tasks into their own checklist boxes and these boxes should be checked off by the responsible partner of IT company because some or rather most of the tasks will obviously not be fulfilled by attorneys themselves but rather their IT service provider. So the list should be after all tasks by the firm have been completed, handed to uh, your IT service provider, who will then know what to do. We worked on the list together with our IT service provider, so the to-dos for the IT company are quite technical. However, IT personnel should definitely know a little bit more in detail what to do with these instructions. The first part of the checklist consists of tasks to be implemented in any case to optimize handling of uh, cyber and data security within the law firm. These are must-to-dos and are part of your so-called regular housekeeping. The second part of the checklist, however, consists of necessary to-dos only in case of data breach or cyber attack. These to-dos will therefore only have to be checked off in case of an actual data breach or cyber attack. Emergency plan. The only part of this emergency plan to be filled out before any problems arises is your law firm's individual data. To be ready for any issue that may occur. This part is however also super important because in case there is an emergency, you should not only then start to figure out what to do or who to contact. It's obviously crucial for any company and especially law firms that have sensitive data on their servers to be ready for an issue and always have an emergency plan implemented that your personal is familiar with. Absolutely basics, for example, are that you make sure your law firm complies with all international and national data protection regulation, such as GDPR and that your employees and especially the person responsible for data protection in your firm is familiar with these provisions in detail. The same goes for any service contracts between your service providers, which includes IT personnel and your firm. This must be GDPR compliant. If you have clients such as banks and financial institutions, you need to take sure that data protection rules that are specific to such clients are also complied with and familiar to each employees working on these cases. For example, in Austria, we have very strict banking secrecy provisions. Another issue with banks is that they themselves due to regulation provisions, need to make sure on a regular basis that the data provided to you as their attorney is handled in a banking compliant way. 
Another aspect that gets overlooked uh, way too often because everybody uh, is always thinking of firewalls and anti-Trojan software within thinking of cybersecurity, physically security measures. The best antivirus program you have is absolutely useless if uh, employees are working in a busy subway with their laptop open and visible to everyone or leave printed documents laying around in their home office while other peoples are also present. Further, we want to strengthen awareness on the practical aspects of legal tech, how to implement and how to use tools. So stay tuned. Thank you very much, David, Iga and Thomas for this enriching conversation. I already learned a lot and can't wait to hear more from you. I must say it's very consolating for lawyers like me not being that proficient in technology that AISHA members have you on board, literally on board, Legal Tech Board, and we will be given an opportunity to learn more from you in the future. I hope you enjoyed today's session on Legal Tech that you will find on the AISHA website and the social media channels. Stay tuned for next episodes of AISHA podcast, but also please don't miss Legal Tech Board activity in AISHA, in particular the next podcast episode on public administration in the digital era hosted by Thomas Sieber and AISHA Academy Spring Semester. Thank you. All episodes will be available on various podcast streaming platforms and on the AISHA website. Interviews with experts on innovation, legal tech, business, creativity and other important topics for the legal profession, but also highlights from the AISHA events. Tune in every month for something new. You have listened to Spotlight AISHA, a podcast produced by AISHA for young lawyers across the globe. Don't miss the next episode.